everybody, welcome to a special episode 35 of Tactical Crouch, uh, talking to you every week about competitive Overwatch stuff. During the mid-season break, got a cool opportunity here, joined by, of course, Yiska and Joe. Good to see you guys. But in the dark, just completely dark, might as well not even have his cam on at this point, none, <laughs> none other than the godfather, the, the father of Overwatch stats himself. Analyst for the Toronto Defiant, uh, memer, dreamer, and uh, panda cosplayer, Baroy. <laughs> Baroy, it's good to have you on the show. It only took us I, 35 episodes. I feel like I did something horribly wrong because this is episode 35 and I'm here finally. Like, it should have been earlier. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's actually Yiska and Joe's fault. They're, they're kind I of the guys. Yeah, it was, yeah. The real guys talk, who... I thought it was, was the first reoccurring guest. I, if you had asked me if he was on, <laughs> I would have said yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Not going to happen. That's, Didn't that's happen. So we literally, so I was telling, I was telling uh, Broy before the show, is I think that we actually, when we were discussing starting Tactical Crouch, Baroy was like one of the first ones to be like, yeah, it'd be easy to get Baroy on there because mm -hmm. we talk about our super secret group all the time and literally almost every day. You hop into the voice channel and you hear a "What up, what up?" Every every day. So like this is you know a <laughs> part of the group know. that that just hangs out every day and talks Overwatch and plays auto chess. Apparently now. I was there when the name was chosen. I remember. I remember all the whole of the names Jessica came up with. Oh yep. yeah, what were some of the other names that we were gonna call it? I think we. Uh, there were some really good ones. Fuck. I can't remember. Yeah. I remember that we, it, it was really tough for us to find a name. Yeah. Yeah. And the over thing was kind of played out. And yeah, then yeah, alliterations, yeah. like everyone thinks in esports is so, so amazing with rhetorical devices. Alliterations with geniuses now that was <laughs> all played out. Yeah, it's true. I mean, to be fair, this was this is like the name was from John. Like he yes. came up with it, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like maybe people will be oh, like, that's so you can't teabag. Teabagging's bad, but hey, you know. <laughs> Joe thought her name was risky. I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. People are gonna be. I don't want Blizzard to hate me. Up in arms. We already got yeah, the one. At this point, man, I don't even. Uh... Yeah, we. I can see the one star iTunes reviews coming in. Um, let, let them come in. By the Rain way, if you do want to support the show really quick, go leave us a five-star iTunes review. Um, we've got quite a few, but they're still like from the Overwatch League Daily stuff, and so I don't know if people who read those know that we're still active. So take a couple minutes and do that. We'd appreciate it. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, let's talk about uh, Baroy. So before we get started with all the cool stuff, Baroy, how's break been? Halfway through your first season, how you doing? Oh, like, you're just so smoothing in out on the beach, hanging out, no work to be done. <laughs> Well, well, this week was our first week with scrims again, but yeah, like I liked my break, except for that it was raining almost all the time. Like, come on, I, I, I come to California, I live in Los Angeles, and then I have two weeks off, and I have three days of sunlight. Is that, <laughs> are, you, are you serious? Like, this is not what they showed me on television. 
Yeah. This is not the fucking Hollywood life. <laughs> this is German life. I, I'm back to. It feels like home. Depressing. Feels like home. Yeah. Minus the healthcare. Yeah. Minus the health. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's worse. The uh, food is four times as expensive. Yeah. There's no health. Dude, rent in LA, man. I don't know what it's like compared LA to San Francisco, but. It's uh, when I told somebody, my one of my friends from Colorado, how much we're paying for rent. They just go, they can do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. You know how many? You know how big is the house? And we're like, oh yeah, it's a it's it's a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment. They're like, what? <laughs> like, That's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. You could buy the That's nicest. Yeah, you could buy the nicest house in my hometown. But yeah, other than that, break has been great. I've been chilling. I've been I've been sleeping all day, all night, every day, every night. Do you and not then, sleep every day? Uh well, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought so. People recommended that to me, and I was like, okay. I I was like really skeptical for many years, but then I tried it, and I can only if this was a commercial. Uh, I, I would like right now I would I would be like sleeping has changed my life. <laughs> you too should sleep every day. And every night. And every night. Uh if you don't sleep enough you will die. <laughs> <laughs> what? I died. But now I'm alive. <laughs> I was dead. Because you slept, right? Because yes, I slept. Sleep. And at this point there's like a there's like a black and white text coming in and it just says sleep 1-800-SLEEP man, <laughs> but Toronto Defiant there's, there's some you, content there for your YouTube I swear, <laughs> there's you, something if there you have, if you have sleep issues call 1-800-SLEEP and get your sleep tonight I, I, I take you also did mushrooms the way you explained it <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, don't, but I, don't, was I think a lot sleep of might be a drug now, is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, did you have to do a lot of decompressing? Was it really stressful? Was was uh, like, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so Overwatch League is crazy. It's so stressful. I needed those two weeks. We we had two weeks of of a uh, break, and I needed those two weeks because it it was fucking it was crazy, especially the second stage because. Um, we were kind of underhanded in terms of staff. Uh, we were not doing well, so we had to do more work as coaches. Of course. Um, it was crazy. Like, a normal week in Overwatch League, you work like 10 hours a day at least. And then, in theory, you have like one day off. We have like one day off, which is like either Sunday or Monday, depending on when we are playing. But the thing is, if you want your team to succeed, and if you're not doing well, that day off is spent looking at your last match and researching and trying to find out, trying to find out weaknesses of the team that you're playing this week, trying to find out what you did wrong last week, and trying to like come up with a plan to fix that. Because you don't have any time to do that during like the the normal work days. You have to do that. Before, because because you have to you have to get that information to your players, right? So uh, there's like there's like no time off. Mm. The, it's crazy. It, it is 
It is crazy. I never, I never believed people um, who said that they would like work all day and they would have crazy work hours. But now I do. <laughs> <laughs> you should yeah. too sleep. Because sleep. you'll go crazy. You should sleep. Yeah. There you go. That's going to be the episode title, I think, because you should sleep. <laughs> you should sleep. There it is. All right. Uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about um, Overwatch League and that kind of stuff. Before we do, though, a few housekeeping things. Number one, follow us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch so you can see when we have special episodes like this going live. Also, tweet us your questions and topics you'd like to see discussed on the show. You can also post them. Yiska has a uh, podcast discussion channel in his discord i think we still have the overwatch league daily discord up we have uh, an email that's in the show notes like send us your questions shouldn't be if how to send it to us isn't one of the barriers uh, to sending us a question we record live we're going to be back on tuesday at 11 a.m pacific i believe still i think we're still mm -hmm. planning on doing that and then of course you can watch and listen to the podcast anywhere including youtube and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts so make sure to check it out there just search for tactical crouch Let's talk about the news. Big one coming in on Friday night. Nate Nanzer, commissioner of the Overwatch League, the idea aider, and the apparently, you know, the, the person who kind of brought Overwatch League into its first season and then, of course, beyond. Nate Nanzer stepping down as Overwatch League commissioner to lead Epic's esports endeavors. That's why we need microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we need a battle pass. Give me, give me a battle, Overwatch battle pass so you get an answer I, back. I think so. While it's while it's kind of sad and all of that, and people are like, people are like saying, "Oh, the Overwatch is burning right now." Actually, I think it's very simple. Look at what Epic Game does. Epic Games does. They they spent like one hundred million dollars the last two years. Uh, every year for the last two years on on their esports product and think how much money they would give to like the person that leads the whole <laughs> endeavor yeah and then compare that with what with what Nate Nancy probably got Overwatch League and you'll be like I would have taken yeah. a salary increase yeah. as well Here's the thing. I, I'm sure money played a role. The thing is, what, how it has been explained to me, and this is a hypothesis, this is not like from internal Blizzard sources or whatever, it's more like a hypothesis that what Nate did for the league was more like a salesman ambassador type of mm. uh, role, right? Now, we know that next year we're not going to have new teams in, right? They already said that. So his skill set really was cater towards acquisition of these new investors, ah. these new teams. So that is not happening. It, that is very important to Fortnite as well. And if, if we take that scenario, and once again, it's a hypothesis, that is not a problem if that guy leaves, right? At least for the foreseeable future. The, the real problem will be, the, or the, the, the problems that we need to solve in the future are, can we make the game more fun or keep it fun for the foreseeable future and then convert uh, players into viewers? Can um, we make this traveling thing work and stuff like this? 
this is, under my understanding, not something that Nate Nanza has an expertise for in solving. So that as like a less like an indicator that the ship is sinking is probably very weak at this point. I mean, it's definitely strange, right? It's it's definitely weird to see the f like the forward facing icon of the league, the commissioner. Even though like he wasn't really a commissioner, like you mentioned, he was more of more of the business guy. But he was the kind of face of the league. So who now is going to fill in for the, kind of filling that role of being on broadcast, being out there talking to people, going out to panels, you know, kind of spreading the gospel and, and presenting like the trophies and stuff to, you know, the teams and, you know, who's going to be that guy now? That's what I'm kind of interested in and how, uh, how are people going to take to that new person? You know, again, could be anybody. Like, I think someone is set up in the interim. I was surprised that... Um... It's the guy who leads up the entire Activision Blizzard esports is stepping in for as commissioner. Um, I forget mm. his name. But he's yeah. the, like, he... the esports lead for Activision Blizzard. Okay. The ESPN article said Pete something. Pete. We'll I just mean... call him Pete. <laughs> just Pete. Just Pete. There, there is someone that does the usual tasks that you would um, associate with a commissioner of a league, right? It, mm -hmm. Certainly for the Overwatch League. To me, he's known as, or, or I think the person who does that is John Spector. And I thought he would, would have been the logical next step. From what I've seen, he's also very presentable on camera, can talk. Maybe that is, that is a guy if he wants to take that responsibility. Otherwise, I'm sure he will find a new... Uh, face of the game. Yeah. So my question is then, obviously we don't have any inside sources here, but you know, Nate Nanzer hasn't really led esports outside of a league structure. Does that? Do you think that that is at all an indicator that Fortnite is going to be looking at something closer to Call of Duty, the new franchise league, or of course Overwatch League? Yeah, I think it's. I I mean that's the obvious <laughs> assumption is that this guy can sell big team owners, traditional sports owners, VC companies on the idea of creating a new sport and saying, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if you had the Detroit Pistons of Kansas city, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't it be cool if you had like this esports thing and you had a, you know, a city that you could call your own and build a team around it and market it and, and make a bunch of money off of it. Wouldn't that be cool if you could do it in Fortnite? That's what I, I think that's the logical conclusion. That's exactly where my head leads is that, you know, maybe Fortnite's going the way of, of franchising. I think it's, it's not just Fortnite, right? If, a, if I'm remembering sure, correctly, yeah, it's it, also it, Rocket League, yeah, right? All of Epic, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think so, actually, because, uh, okay, maybe that's like the plan in the long term, but I don't think that it would happen like the next No, 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 no. yeah, years. of course, you need to build it. They because... started building Overwatch League in 2015. Yeah. yeah. Sure, but Activision has or oh, Blizzard has a lot of experience when it comes to esports. Epic Games is new to the game. Like uh you can, they would you can buy experience, can't you? <laughs> All those well, V Bucks. They if they if they hire a lot of people, then I can see that, but I think they, they really need like a That's a the rumor on the streets. Okay, maybe then that's where they're going. Yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe there's more people leaving. I am excited to see. Uh, 
I, I am excited to see what happens to BR in esports because so far, in my opinion, it's it's been a giant uh like F minus as far as actual competitive BR esports stuff. The 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 mm. pro ams, the celebrity pro ams and big streamer pro ams do way better viewership wise and actually putting the best players yeah. out there playing the games. And so I, I I mean I'm all for somebody to maybe step in and look at it differently and hopefully find a way to make BRs work because I really enjoy watching BRs um, I really do but I can only watch like me you know good players not, but not maybe not best in the world players mm-hmm. uh, you know playing over and over again in the same Friday skirmish type things so yeah i mean for us as an overwatch community i guess the thing that concerns us is is this a bad omen for overwatch as an indicator it looks weird i understand but uh, there's also stuff in the works that will come to light i think kind of soon that has me excited not sure about the timing but whatever um that can you give us anything more than that no um (laughs) That will make it interesting um, in the future. I'm, I'm sort of enthusiastic increasingly about the game, which needed to happen, by the way. That mm-hmm. um, what Jessica is saying is watch BlizzCon. Yeah, yes. watch BlizzCon. Watch there you go. Definitely That's not what that. Jessica said, though. So <laughs> <laughs> for anybody, yeah. So I, I mean, to be fair, last night we got the news that uh, Gauntlet will be held in the old Apex Arena from mm-hmm. uh, oh. from way back when, which is pretty pretty nostalgic. It's pretty cool. The you know or, you know the the finale of Contenders this season is going to be held in, in kind of a uh, a nice little sacred ground of Overwatch, right? Dude, like think about the history there. Think about all the all the names. Think about all the, yeah. the players that have all crossed three that stage. years of history. Yeah, dude. As far as I'm concerned, Overwatch is coming home. Yeah, this has feels so like. far. Apex and to me way. has so far been the best uh, era of Overwatch as an esport. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so I, I think you'd probably yeah. have to qualify a little bit of like what made it best for you because it wasn't necessarily always in viewership. It was sure. out the end production. Yes, it was the production. production. It was the kind of teams. The, the tight knit teams, the storylines. Oh, it felt, for the most part, pretty competitive across the board. Yes. Of course, you had your flash luxes, you know, but uh, for the most part, it was. It, it felt homely. It felt like that was the league. That was our. That was the league before the league. I don't know if I trust you anymore after some of your takes from uh, Pacific Showdown. I think Yiska had a few things to say about that. Oh, Joe. What's up, buddy? Wait, wait, okay, wait. Okay, so <clears throat> you watched that, right? That's- I, I did. I did indeed. That's a little small. It's a little small. So what happened? <laughs> what? How many cups? No, it's, it's actually <laughs> still too small. Pouring out one out for China. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> what happened to China, buddy? What happened? Uh, a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things ended up happening. Uh, not the, the best showing. Oh. You know, F's in chat for uh, LGE. It was 
the supposed you know better team of the two but uh yeah we're only getting one slot this uh this gauntlet season that's why on my floor he literally poured so for the audio (laughs) listeners out there pulls out this little teacup he goes no it's too small pulls out like a medium-sized coffee cup no still too small pulls out like a ramen bowl cup takes half a bottle of wine pours about half in pours one out onto his carpet for chat is it carpet or is wooden floors i've actually never seen your floor no it's like it's one of those you know where uh fake wooden floor these mats where that you put on on your carpet in order yeah okay so it's not impossible to clean up Yes. But pours one out for China and then takes a big old chug. Oh, that was so good. That was uh, pretty legendary. We'll have yeah. to say. We'll, we'll, we'll play it, sir. You get the clap for that one. That was, yeah, that was pretty pro. Appreciate it. Glad we, we cur- found a way to fit that one in there. I'm currently, like, thinking up with my His socks. socks. I think I have those same yeah. socks. Are those Under Armour? No. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> all right so we didn't uh joe and Yiski, you guys didn't even review uh my questions for baroy did you so well um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just go into it anyway yeah, yeah yeah can you look at a bird with its talents ever again is that possible joe uh, without having um, yeah I, I think so I think okay so. okay Bottoms up? Bottoms up. Cheers. It's not the wine glass. No, it's not. The wine cup. The wine bowl. (laughs) That's that sleight of hand. No, that was the tea. The tea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Poor Australia. True. True that. Uh, Let's let's get into the kind of the bulk of it, though. So, yeah, Nate and Anne's are moving on. From the most part, people I know who are in the know are pretty, are, are, if not optimistic about the change, think that this doesn't affect Overwatch negatively, competitively long-term. So if you are at home and you're like, oh crap, I love Nate and Anzer. It's never going to be the same again. This isn't like Jeff Kaplan leaving the team. This isn't like um, Mike Morheim leaving Blizzard (laughs) or anything. This is, uh, this is somebody who definitely was, you know, kind of somebody who instilled the overall vision sold a lot of money's worth of franchise slots and you know really did legitimize a lot of the process that we will probably see for um these kind of geographic based leagues in years mm-hmm. to come so it's it's by no means like Nate Nanzer doesn't matter he didn't do anything anything like that nobody's saying that no, but no, what's no. saying is that you know where the league is now the league is kind of at this point of almost a full on maturity and uh, lots of room we're to grow. Yeah, we're getting close. I mean, the only ne- the only step next is is home and away games, right? But, uh, to be fair, the hardest quite the step. Uh, <laughs> big deal. I mean, to be fair, I, at least I know of every Overwatch League team I've talked to already is, has their plans in place for those for those years. So, yeah, I have the plans. Year. I have plans too. Like, I'm waiting for our Chengdu game, <laughs> and then I'll disappear. I'll just disappear. Just in the jungle of China, <laughs> I will become one with the pandas. I will become one with the pandas. I'll sneak into the giant panda facility in Chengdu, mm. 
and uh, so I, I have like a whole I have like a whole Google Doc of like twenty pages of of what I am going to do, mm. uh, and it has like a step by step plan for each kind of scenario that could happen. Like the FBI is coming, you know. Oh, so Chinese... that's the German coach thing, right? The do long Google Doc with a lot of. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so, so that's an Iosux reference. Seventy pages on goats. Yeah, I, I have to be prepared for like in case the Chinese government is like trying to hunt me down. In case, in case. See what someone... you did there, by the way. Ah, uh, they're gonna hunt you down. Wink, like, wink. Ah, uh, Chengdu they... hunters. Yes, they're gonna hunt me down. I will. I will. Like, what happens if I steal a panda and someone notices? Like. Mm. I that's why I had to plan this all out, and obviously I have to do this before we go to Chengdu next year. So um, I think I think just from looking at this document, our team is really well set up for next year. That doesn't matter if you win or lose. At, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 As, as long as we are going to Chengdu. The no. fact of the matter is, they have a panda, and other teams don't. Checkmate. Look, look at this. There it is. This is all that matters. He just showed a panda on his yes, shirt sir. for the audio listeners. Do, do you have a panda costume? A full one? It's right here. It's right here in my secret closet next to me. It's actually <laughs> right there. And I can I can put on the hat. Where's the where's the fucking Oh, those are the feed. So sorry for the audio listeners. But... There, there you is. go. All he's, right. he's okay, I will. I will continue the podcast like this. Thank he's you. fully equipped. It feels Wait, a lot more that... like you're fully clothed now. So that yes. that's yeah. Usually, yeah, I'm not no longer naked. Oh man, this is all <laughs> oh, we gotta does... keep typing. Does... Is that fine with the filter? Just checking, uh, Trapper. Is that fine with the filter, or does it count as sexual content? Uh, you know, we'll risk it. We'll risk it. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know. We'll risk it. I think, I think, I think we'll make it. I think we'll make it. All right, Baroya, time to go through the gauntlet. This is the gauntlet this year that I'm the second most excited about, but mm -hmm. still very excited for. So we've got some questions for you. Oh, <laughs> that's why we brought you on the show. Who would have thought? So, oh, I thought I, I thought I'm just here to watch this guy drink wine and Joe look like he's uh, Joe. no, that's my job. Joe's like looking like he's he is a bat again. Yep. Uh, thought I was. I'm just here to laugh and to kind of facilitate yep. that laughter and bring it to the to the watchers, yeah, mm. to the viewers, so they can laugh as well. Well, you were wrong. So sorry about okay. that. <laughs> well, we added by the way, vowels and Kenobi. You also called out. Right here. You clowns. 3-0, really? Hey, we got yeah, third place, man. Third <laughs> Great. place. How many spots does China have at the gauntlet? One. One more than Australia. <laughs> Great. Sorry we, to we all those Australia Overwatch apologists out there. Wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, I'm getting you're, something. You're speaking to maid. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, uh, yeah. There's none. You're telling me there's none. There, there are no Australia Overwatch apologists? Got it. 
Thank you for the confirmation. So, wow. yeah. Uh, life the, so that. I just got kind of rung in here. There are no Australian Overwatch apologists. So, uh, oh, so these ch three China apologists. So you're darn tootin'. Yeah, go ahead. When I'm thinking about Australia, I'm just there's nothing I can think of in terms of like Overwatch talent or like uh, competitiveness. I'm just thinking eight letters. Vote mate. It's true. It's true. Could make yep. Australia great in Overwatch. Yeah, we, we could. All right, <laughs> let's let's talk. We got some questions for you, Baroy. We're gonna put you through the gauntlet here, and I'm sure we're gonna get serious answers for all of them. So, uh, here's yes. one. I was doing some research this morning, and I noticed that less than one third of the Overwatch League teams have someone in a role that would be directly equated to an analyst role. So your role oh, really? is officially analyst. Less than one third. Now, that doesn't mean like assistant coaches don't do some of that stuff or maybe coaches do, mm. but only one third of Overwatch League teams allocate a dedicated person to some sort of analysis, so much so that it's in their title. Okay, before you continue. Yeah. I have worked with more than one third of the Overwatch League teams. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> in the past. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Liquipedia. Um, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, that was like in, in Winston's lab days, uh, yes. obviously. So I'm just saying people are interested, but go interested. ahead. Well, so yeah. So, I mean, can you tell us more about that? Like b before I even ask you my regular <laughs> questions. So when you were doing Winston's lab, you're saying that you were working mm -hmm. with Overwatch League teams as far on like analysis and how that would, how that worked. Yeah. Just, uh, statistical analysis like doing statistical reports and all of that uh there were suggesting players in the preseason suggesting players building teams uh all of that kind of stuff the cool mm. shit can you basically. tell us like some of like the most important like stats I can't that would come? say anything <laughs> yeah. most important stats yeah some of the most important stats that you found were like uh, that that when you were with winston's lab were kind of one of the biggest things that maybe Overwatch League teams would go off of? Uh, it really, well, there's no, there's no like one stat that is really important. It, it really depends on the team and what they are kind of trying to do. It depends on like the situation. Are they, are they just building a team? Is it mid-season right now? Uh, it, it's, it's very different from, yeah, where we are right now. But something that's like really important, I guess, is just like everything that's kind of related to fights, fight statistics uh, in some kind of way. Mm. Uh, it's really important to kind of figure out what kind of a style a player has, all of that stuff. So it really depends on the situation though. So there's a lot, there's kind of a lot of mysticism surrounding, I would say competitive overwatch statistics. We've had guests before. that says like, nobody knows what they're doing with statistics and we haven't. Oh, found I think there's, there's exactly like one or two people who know what they're doing. Are we talking to one of them? I think you're talking to the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you right. said one or two. I think the other one. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's another are one. About to, are you about to do mit, uh, mitosis or what's no, going I, on? I, I, just, I, just don't to, division. I just don't want to disrespect anyone. So I'm just saying there, there could be another. True. Well, to be fair, you it. probably have more... You probably have more info <laughs> than, than probably any yeah. other analyst. Uh, 
well, as well. Probably. Probably. But so, it's not like it's not like I got that info from like my magic fairy. I, I work <laughs> for that. Everyone can do that. I don't have I, I didn't I didn't call the Aladdin and then gods appeared, uh like in that one Twitter video. And mm. then I, I, I whopped I whopped God's bald head and suddenly I was granted all my wishes and became a panda. Uh, and that's no, why he was I worked, up. I that, worked that was your that. payoff, yeah. I worked for becoming a panda. You did. It's true. true. Had to go all the way to the closet to get that. So, <laughs> um, so back to my original question. So yeah. there's a lot of mysticism around Overwatch League statistics. And again, a lot of even our guests who've come on the show have gone as far to say, like, we don't really use that or we, we don't really like, there aren't really a good set of statistics. But what I heard from you there is that fight-based statistics tend to be the most valuable overall in the sense of something that you can, you know, it's like, it's like, a I don't know if a baseball analogy, but like baseball, you have a batting average and it's like the go-to stat to tell if somebody is a good hitter. Do they, you know, that's a really easy stat to get, but are you telling me that like fight based statistics are generally the most true? I would to- say there's, there's no go-to stat. There's never a go-to stat that doesn't really exist. Do you think that we'll ever find one? Mm, Because you used to have like a like a like an all-encompassing number on Winston's lab, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The rating system. Uh... (laughs) Okay, Wokey was just staring at me for some reason. (laughs) Um. so you're no, telling me like, is that rating? Sounds, the that... rating system. It, it was just something to like kind of make my life easier in some ways because it was a single number and it encompassed a lot of a lot of different numbers, like a lot of different numbers, and kind of uh, made initial comparisons. But it wasn't really to find out who's like the best or the second best or whatever. It it was to pre-filter what I was looking at because I don't want to look at the bottom twenty percent of players and I can at least find out who is top 80% with that, but it's not accurate enough to, to say, oh, this guy's the best person in the world. But since there are a lot of players out there, I don't want to look at all of them because that will take a long time if I have to look at every single step by every single player, like each column in each row. Now, that's why the rating uh, system existed. That's why I created it and come here. <laughs> And um got it. Yes. I got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it gives you good. All right. So with with that kind of But thought. but yeah, so to, to come back to uh the original like uh point, I don't think there will ever be like a, a single number. It's possible that there's there's like a couple, like maybe two handful of numbers that are really important or one handful mm. if you might be able to find that out. I don't really have the time to do all that research right now. Uh, sure. But that's kind of possible, but I don't think there will be like a go-to number like betting averages, uh, baseball, for example. If somebody mm. finds that number, would you say that they're the only other person who is worthy of stats in Overwatch like you? Yes. Okay. If that someone is not me, myself. If that someone is not you, yourself. Sir, 
I have to advise you, the last guy that was very cocky about his statistical analysis, <laughs> that didn't fare quite well for him. That is true. To but... be f let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yes. John had posed you, Tripod had posed a kind of a scenario for you, right? There, there are teams that claim that they aren't really big into stats. They don't utilize stats as much as maybe other teams do. And there's teams that are very public and saying, we lead our team through statistics and and we're very much a statistical team and that's how we we try to do our coaching and we try to analyze the play in your ideal world where should teams actually fall on that spectrum should they be one way or the other is it situational or is, uh, is it the middle ground much like in baseball and in basketball and in every other sport if you read those kind if you read some kind of statistic books and books about money ball and all of that you'll quickly find out that people don't do one thing or the other, that the good teams, the good scouts, the good coaches, they start where they start, which is like uh, eye testing everything. Mm -hmm. And then they'll use statistics to raise their level kind of, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's what you should do. You shouldn't do like only statistics. You shouldn't do only uh, eye testing. You should do eye testing and with statistics you combine the strength and become a super saiyan or something super <laughs> panda um because uh statistics are not something you start where you would start it's it's just really you have to know a lot about the game especially in overwood but mm. in every in every kind of sport you have to know a lot about the game to use statistics correctly sure and um and if you know a lot about the game and you can use statistics to make yourself uh be even like get more ideas get a different perspective get mm -hmm. like a different set of skill a different skill set kind of and just add that to your original uh whatever you were doing if you were scouting or whatever I think a great example of that to kind of credit you is like that golden ratio from season one where yeah. you could tell that flex supports were super, super important, but we couldn't see that the level and the rating of the flex supports were almost identical to how the teams were falling at the time. And that's yeah. like, whoa, okay, like we're actually seeing the numbers support the idea, idea that flex yeah. supports are really, really good, but they're, they're almost inflating them to a, to a degree that we didn't think it was yeah. this accurate. Yes, and this is what most statistical work I do is basically coming from. It's like uh, I have like some idea which is some original, some normal coaching idea that any co coach mm -hmm. would have. It's like, oh, maybe in GOATS, uh, the Zawia is really important. <laughs> and, then, and then you look at the statistics. Not true, by more, the way. more complicated stuff like that because <laughs> sure. that is obvious, right? Uh, but but then you look at the then you look at the numbers and you're like, huh, that is true. <laughs> um, uh, I, or, yeah, go sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, like I remember you had yes, like, as Joe said, the golden ratio, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was called. And I said on this podcast that I found to be the real golden ratio. Well, at least this season. This season, this the season, new golden ratio. Yeah. And maybe you don't have to comment on the specifics of that, but maybe you have another model in mind that comes close. 
Like it's not gameplay specific for me. It's how much has a team invested in a, uh, in their roster and in their coaching staff. So if you look at the top five, they're all all like well staffed, have fat player contracts, have a lot of players, keep them around, have academy teams, and with that, it it sort of elevates them over the guys that don't have much of these or don't check all the boxes and then um, are therefore lower. Now, I don't want to force, force you to comment on, on, the, uh, on the state of your you know, financial situation, but do you think that is accurate in general? And do you maybe have another one of these golden ratios that you just like see in, uh, in, in the maybe numbers. more gameplay? Uh, I think that is accurate. <laughs> I, I think that is accurate and it makes a lot of sense. It, it, there are outliers, uh, I think, and that just comes mm-hmm. up. Yes. Some people not knowing what they are doing. Um, but yes. for the most part, I think that's very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would actually be able to look at all the numbers, look at all the salaries and stuff, um, look at all the buyout money, then I think you would quickly find out that this is 100% true. Um, and when, but when it comes to gameplay, I think there is something else I have, but I can't share it because I am not, I'm not the uh, old boy. I can't, I can't just no. share all my work anymore. Um, okay. Because I have a contract saying that I can't do that. <laughs> okay. Um, you get the boo, by the way. If you. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. It's okay, by the it, way. We very much, this, before the show, we even told Baroy, like, we're going to ask you questions. If you can't answer them, don't answer them. Sure. And we, it, we, and we don't expect you to answer so, questions so you can't. I, I think there's just a lot more stuff to be explored. There's a lot more stuff to be found that people just don't find because it is very hard to put in the work. That's why I think there's only one or maybe two or three people who are able to do this kind of work. As Tripod said, there's like less than a third of the teams have analysts even and um, or someone in the role of analyst. Uh, and I think that just speaks all the volume. It's very hard to do that kind of work that, and it's very hard to, to be good enough at knowing the game and knowing how to use statistics to find those kind of ratios, find those kind of uh, mm. secret hidden formulas. There were only a couple I found over the last years, so um, only a couple of those secret formulas. And, but I think there's a lot more to be found. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about, so do you, do you find then based on just your level of knowledge and, and statistics and stuff, do you, would you say that y- your role is pretty unique compared to other analysts in the Overwatch League? Ah, uh, no, um, I don't, I don't think it's very unique. So I, I find those kind of things because, um, I'm trying out a lot. So, so if you if you see me finding something, then you can be sure that I tried out 100 different other ways, and they all failed. Um, a lot of the work that I did uh, when I was just doing Winston's lab was never out there because it just failed. It it never got to anything. I I tried to one one path, and it led into 
a dark forest that I had quickly run out of. Can, um, can you say like one thing that you recently tried but was proven false? Uh, I think, uh, oh my god. So. <laughs> Just tried by somebody. Let me try to. If wait. not, it's not. I try to remember. Uh, normally I quickly forget because it's really, if, if I, if I, so what I do is I get like an idea or I see something in the game and I'm like, oh, is there something that could, that could lead to like a, a great new statistic, something that is like a great indicator for the game or whatever. Mm. Um, and then, and then I, I implement all the stats and look at it and it takes a lot of time by the way. And then, and then I quickly see, oh fuck, it, it just, it's nothing. It doesn't matter at all. It, it, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't have any meaning. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just forget about it. But, ah. Uh, Anything with Zarya, like, I would imagine, probably the, the most, no, I, more important here is. Map pack, uh, no, uh, sorry, um, armor pack stuff or. Uh, I'm trying to. There was one really like kind of general thing. I'm sorry. I, it's, I, I, I it's really but interesting. There's a, lot of those, there's a lot of those things where you just try and it doesn't lead to anything. And I think that's where a lot of people fail because, like, mm. that's why there's only me and maybe someone I don't know. Um, someone I don't know that is doing the same. But sure. it's like <laughs> you're doing something and you fail 10 times and you're like, Oh, I can't do statistics. Just it doesn't work. So, but if you do it a hundred times, maybe you get lucky. Yeah. And find something. Mm. <laughs> so, do you think then? So, you you kind of pose this scenario where there maybe aren't very many people in the competitive Overwatch community at all capable of bringing meaningful like statistical analysis to Overwatch and Overwatch League. Do you think the teams then? Because like we said, less than a third actually have dedicated analysts to yeah. their thing. Do you think that those teams that aren't adding dedicated analysts are making a mistake by not doing that? Or do they know that the, the level of expertise they need just isn't in the market no, right now? I, I, I don't think they make a mistake because uh, I don't know if I should say, okay, just to be, I, I don't want to be bragging, but I, I think, so they don't make a mistake because I got a lot of offers in the before the season started so people try to find those kind of people uh, so teams try to find those kind of people who can do it and if they can't find it because there aren't a lot of those people out there then there's nothing they can do i don't think that the teams make mistakes themselves it's just like the the ratio of um how do you call that in english can't describe it like, Give me the German okay, word. That's me. our German help, word. Help me out. So, Angebot und Nachfrage. Um, like the demand and uh, supply oh. and demand. Supply yeah, and demand. Supply, yeah. supply and demand. It just doesn't. It's like demand and supply. And it's like mm -hmm. okay, you can't do anything about that. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you have to, you have to get the supply up there. Um, mm -hmm. But how do you do that? You can't just be a team and spend like a million dollars onto someone who does the same thing in baseball because. They won't come over to yeah. Overwatch. Something completely new. <laughs> you, it doesn't work like that. It mm -hmm. doesn't work like that. It, it, you, it really will. It 
will take years for the supply to get up there. Hmm. I don't think it's the teams that are making a mistake. Do you think that people need actual like because you you have a degree in in statistics or like some sort of statistic? No, no, no. I don't have a degree. Don't you have like a degree in like a statistics base? <laughs> I, I I am very close to having degrees. Uh, degrees. Okay. Yes, yes, but I dropped out of uh, university because esports money. He's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, but uh, you you at least pursued it. You studied it. I um, could get a degree if I wanted to next year, but I probably won't. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. You got you got the necessary info that uh, you needed. So yeah, I you don't even need a degree apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You just sign to... up today, kids. That's what I'm going to say in my uh, next but... uh, my next interview with. You should uh... not drop out of college like me. If you, I only I only dropped out of university because I could, uh, because I I got the opportunity um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm a lucky guy, so, uh, but but you have to just like dedicate yourself. That's all in life, right? Okay, yeah. let's let's come on. Let's do some life motivation stuff. So all in life, there is no there is no talent. There is no person that is better than you at anything naturally. You just have to practice and practice and learn and practice and do it and do it some more and then you'll become the best of it over time. Now now let me ask you this. How many times have you said that to Roki? <laughs> He wouldn't understand half of what. How often have you, have you thought this standing in front of the couple trying to reach something very far up and <laughs> where you have to get a chair, thinking, ah, a normal-sized person would have gotten this without a chair. <laughs> if I just tried hard enough, there's no talent. I could have grown. That's why. You know I... that it's not. Wait, what is the difference? There's Darwinian, and then there's ah. Not Laplace. That was something about probability. Um, There's this other theory of this guy that said, oh yeah, it's not evolution. It's because the giraffe needs to get up there. It's neck growth. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... so, so... Lamarck, yes. Very good. Okay. Very good. Um, Nerds. So, since since you got to that point, since I know I'm a very small person, I joined the team with very small people, a Korean team. So I can oh. feel... So you take each other on the shoulders and put on panda costumes and pass off as one person? <laughs> Great. There you go. This is how we I, You know what this I told you about? You know what I told you about? Organisms riding on top of each other and like becoming one and... I think I need Do to corral this Penguins, the in. queen. We need to corral this conversation yes, I remember that. right now. We're <laughs> not I, going this there. Is, this is one of the glorious moments. Sometimes I think we should just like, we should just like stream what we do in our secret Discord. Yeah. And everyone. No. No. Unemployable <laughs> all the time. People aren't ready for that. Yeah. Nobody's ready for that. That's the green room. You know. Mm-hmm. You, n- n- yeah. What happens? What happens in that Discord stays in that Discord. It stays. For sure. Totally. We've done a really good job, I would yeah. say, of not because there's a lot of stuff that gets posted yeah. in there that I, at least yeah. I haven't seen get posted anywhere else. Yeah. Now everyone's going to try to getting in. Uh, I do have some questions for you about the Toronto Defiant. Well, can you tell us about how the Toronto Defiant roster came together and 
what you contributed to the final roster being what it is. Uh, the, the initial roster or the roster now? Oh, everything. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so the initial roster, it was like, uh, it was just like, I think we started out with uh, having an idea of how we want to structure the roster. So it was like, first of all, the, the organization supplies hired Bishop and then they hired the assistant coaches, which were uh, Yunho, uh, Bubbly, and Dongwook, Don, and uh, Dennis Badoi. Uh, so, <laughs> like you refer to yourself in the third person. So All right. First, first, those four came together, and then we we kind of got like an idea of how we want to structure roster, which is very much like I also I always talked about rosters when I was in Winston's lab, so I can share that information. Which is like you want to have you want to have an aggressive um. You want to have like an aggressive flex support if possible, and uh, one or two aggressive tank players, and then you want to have at most one aggressive DPS, but not two. You want to have a, like a passive DPS and uh, maybe an aggressive DPS, but you don't really want to have star player power in your DPS uh, role in terms of making plays and all of that. You really, you really want to kind of players that are just like sitting in the back and doing consistent damage all the time. Um, this was the kind of idea, and then we started structuring the roster. There were obviously budget constraints, like every other team has them. Uh, we started out with kind of filling our tank slots and going from there because this is probably the most important part when it comes to a team. You want to have like a kind of leadership within within the tank role. You want to have a strong flex support, which we got. You got one of the best three flex supports in from season one. Yes. Um, and so we basically we basically had an idea to uh, structure our roster, and I think my part in this was as big as the part of the other coach. It was like uh, we all had our says, and we all when it came to trialing players we all had like uh, our opinions and then some were the same and some were different and we figured it out I, yeah <laughs> cool i mean i don't know if i would have been able to disagree with you with all your stats that you threw at me if i like if if i am a coach in a room and i bring in an analyst and brings in all these stats i don't know how you disagree with that well <laughs> That brings up an, a pretty interesting point because I think when you were on Oversight, you and BZ had talked about this. It's like, how how do you take a stat and bring it to the coaching staff or, or your other your fellow coaches and say, hey, this is important. We should look at this and convince them and the players like, hey, this is important. We should try to do this. Like, how, how does that kind of work? Oh, is, yeah. is, is, do you find it difficult? Is it actually a problem, or is it pretty easy to just go, "Hey, Bishop, like here's my report. Do this." Oh, for me, it's very easy mm. because uh, because Bishop trusts me. He trusts every he trusts every one of the coaches. Um, so there's not like there's not like any anything that you he, there's not like a, a big barrier that i have to sure. cross right so if i have something that i'm really convinced about i can bring it to him and he's probably going to be like oh wow and then and then we kind of try to implement that mm -hmm. but in theory yeah so what it 
what it was like for me when I was doing instance lab and working with a, a bunch of teams just from the back in the shadows um, is it's kind of difficult because you have to you can't use statistical terms anymore you have to use overwatch terms you have to use like terms that everyone understands so you have to take a concept and make it easy to understand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the thing uh, the thing that uh yiska said the golden ratio in the end it's easy to understand flex supports are the most important players or were the most important players in season one and probably still are um but to get to that point you have to you have to kind of jump that hurdle of making it easy to understand, which is not an easy task. If you come from like purely statistics, you look at all those numbers and you're like, oh, I figured it all out. And then you're like, ah, how do I say that? Uh, there has to be, there has to be, there have to be two brilliant moments, right? The, mm -hmm. the one where you figure it all out and the second one where you're like, I actually can articulate it. <laughs> Mm, that's really interesting. Do you, so, all right, I have to ask a hard question here. And I don't want to, because I consider you a friend. <laughs> but I, but I have to ask it anyway. So you say all this great stuff about how, you know, uh, statistics are so important. Toronto comes out and. Oh, they are you, not super important. <laughs> well, and so you, I mean, that's but interesting. Uh, pin, I'm pinning that for another question. But we, uh, I can't remember where we had Toronto in the uh, power rankings, but I don't think it was don't quite in the playoffs. I don't think yeah. it was in the playoffs. And I, th I think you gave no, us a word or two about I think we all had them in the play-ins, not in the playoffs. Yeah, they were they were pretty close, though. They were like, I want to say like yeah. 10 through 13 is kind of where we yeah. put them. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Uh, obviously blew our expectations away in stage one, five and two. Great job. Awesome. We go into stage two and then we see a two and five Toronto defiant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I got to ask you then, I mean, what in your mind, what happened between such an incredible overachieving stage one where people were kind of talking about, is this a team that can, you know, as they continue to mesh together, you know, uh, push that upper echelon into, you know, even the top six, five, and four of Overwatch League. And then in stage two, go to two and five, and people are kind of then back to like, what what do we, what should we expect from uh, uh, Toronto yeah, Defiant? I, I pretty much think that um, you have to, you really have to look at those things in a different way because it's two different stages. And I think you have to look at it as if it's two different tournaments. Um, because I think we really did a great job at constructing this team. I think we were the um, fourth best team easily in stage one. Um, uh, maybe even the third best team, who knows. Um, but what happened from stage one to stage two is that like uh, kind of mentality changed. Uh, and it's it's a lot of intangibles. It's not like players go deteriorated or anything, right? It's it's that maybe for some players uh, the stress got to them, um, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. um, or for, for other players it's like uh, the, they kind of hit the ceiling where they they don't really want to they don't really feel like it's worth it anymore to, to do all of that. Do all of that practice. Like Stella, right? Uh, yeah, it's like 
for, for him, for example, I'm very, I'm very happy for him now because it was the right decision to kind of leave the pro life because it wasn't for him. Uh, I, I think he would have just collapsed if he, if he stayed for mm. another stage or two. Mm. This guy would have had like mental breakdowns or whatever. I, I, it's not as bad, but um, you could see that there's a lot of, it's not just being good at the game in Overwatch uh, or in, in sports. There's a lot of intangibles that come to it. And I think with Stella kind of leaving, um, a lot of the emo world was kind of hurt a little bit. And then, and then it just crumbled a little bit from there. Uh, so while I think yeah. we did a great job with building the team, I think the intangibles hit us. And um, in stage two, it's like a lot, of, a lot of different things that you can't really or see, I think, necessarily were happening. Um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense about Stella. It's like, if you wanted to have an analogy, it's like, you know, in a zombie apocalypse, everyone's just like, okay, keep running, keep running. And as soon as someone just says, okay, I'm done, uh, sit down. Yes. You know, that, that becomes an option in other people's minds. Like, is it worth that it? Is a great is this, analogy, yeah. You know, is the, is the existence that we're living here, is that worth it? And of course, once again, like the torment of, of that entire situation is definitely severe, but then it's also a very real opportunity to just say, it's not worth it anymore, right? And it, it's of course much easier to just say, okay, let me sit down, let these zombies eat me. It's not as bad, right? But um, yeah, in general, it's, it's definitely interesting to see that once this idea is established that this is possible, that this certainly shape it does. I think theoretically it doesn't have to necessarily long term completely like negatively impact the team, but yeah. it definitely rips off open the wound, and then it's you have like, to see how it, you fix it. Right? It's like when you watch those hero anime or movies or whatever, and you're like, and the the hero at the mid of the in the in the middle of the movie he becomes like he doubts himself and he's like oh fuck should i really do that and you sit there as so if you i always sit there and i'm like dude you're a fucking idiot you're, you're just like the strongest person in the world and you have some superpower and you could just destroy every bad guy and stuff why do you doubt yourself but if you're actually in that situation uh you're, you you might just doubt yourself you yeah. might just you might just think oh is it Am I doing the right thing? Should I change my life right now? Do you should I do I really want to do that? And then did you have that? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> do you articulate himself for a second? So, do you articulate your statistics through anime uh, metaphors? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's all I needed to know. I Simple, get it. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Simple, always makes it. like... It's like an anime. Is, yeah, is basically so, so, so when people say Overwatch League is like an anime, we it's confirmed. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying Overwatch League isn't like an anime. Overwatch League is like a whole anime season. Mm -hmm. It's so many different animes bunched together, and you're like, should I should I watch the fucking hentai? Uh, or no, that's actually a bad idea. He'll get banned again. Uh, and and then you're like, oh no, there's a slice of life uh, bus driver anime coming out. Oh whoa, what happened to the bus driver? Uh, he got banned. He got he got kicked <laughs> from the team. Uh, <laughs> there's so many different enemies going on, and you're like, whoa, what is actually the, the hero enemy? 
what's the one that I want to watch? Um, that is Overwatch. each player is its own anime. <laughs> Dang, yes. we're going deep here. So I and then yeah, then, then there's, there's weird guys, right? Yeah. It's weird panda animes. Wearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, worry. <laughs> just panda we all have coping. walking around. <laughs> we all have coping mechanisms. We heard, like Hayes, I think, on Twitter said when he has stress and during Overwatch League, he bites nails. Bro is just like, yeah, I'll Seriously. just pretend to be a panda. I, I, I am not kidding you with what I'm saying in a second. When I am stressed out and when our team did really badly in stage two, what I would do before the scrims to calm me down is go onto Weibo, the best social media site there is. It's Chinese. It's like Chinese Twitter. And what I would do is watch panda videos for half an hour. And then I would be happy. <laughs> oh, man. This is close to psychosis. I know. This is, this is why we don't open up this. We don't, this is why we don't open up the Discord. It's not because we're leaking stuff all the time. It's because you have to weed through, weed through this all the time. So... Uh, all right, uh, next question for you here. So, uh, <laughs> did you just panda dab on us? All right, is it is it a pandab? It's a pandab mouse pad. It's whatever you want it to be. So, uh, the uh, you guys have made two two moves for the off season or yes. the the mid stage uh, whatever break kind of thing. Bringing in Gods and Sherrick, both from Montreal Rebellion, your academy team. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do you think that these guys are going to fit in uh, to the roster? Are we back to five and two Toronto Defiant? Um, that's a good question. So what we wanted to get for our roster is leadership. Uh, we wanted some, some great new leadership going in, uh, coming into the roster because it's kind of hard to find that in Koreans. Uh, just because of the culture, it's very, it's very like hierarchical, right? You just follow whatever your boss says. Um, that's simple terms, but, mm. uh, and I probably can't explain it very well because I'm not Korean. Um, but what we wanted is leadership. So we kind of looked at our academy team because, uh, they did really well all of a sudden, uh, after they did, after they did was to move and they were probably one of the best teams in North America. And we found that there is leadership in our academy team, and it might just be it might just help uh, to bring on those players that have leadership abilities to fix our team. And because Bishop, uh, our head coach, knows Gods from Cloud Nine days, he also confirmed that that Gods has kind of this leadership mentality. He would take responsibility for what he does. Um, whether it's bad or good, and we kind of felt like this is what the team needs. And uh, we also thought that Sherrick uh, and Sherrick with Gods, dude, they both have like this kind of uh, synergy already together, and they both have those uh, abilities to bring those kind of intangibles that we needed um, very badly to the team. Uh, at least that's what we hope going into stage three. I can't say if it's going to work or not because obviously there's more stuff with with just you can't, you can't just bring in two new players. Even if those were Korean, it wouldn't be like a from now to then everything is great kind of solution. You have to build new synergy, and now we have to communicate in English, which isn't 
easy for some of the players. Um, fortunately enough, Aid, Neko, and uh, Jin all can speak English very well, or good enough. Neko and Aid all uh, both played on uh, mixed rosters already. So and are you Jin, saying that obviously... you are speaking in Korean for callouts in the past and now you're going to be switching to English for stage three? Yes. Yes. We are going to switch to English. Um, there's, well, sometimes the players communicate in Korean, uh, the Korean players at least, if, uh, at least right now still, um, to, if there's something they want to communicate quickly between the Korean players, then they'll say it in Korean. Uh, but the plan is to have it all get into English and we have to, uh, we have to see how that goes because it's, completely different from what it was in the past. Some players have to learn the language. Um, yeah. We will, I, I, I don't think that it will be like something that fixes a team immediately. Uh, it will probably take a lot of time, a uh, couple of weeks, like uh, maybe five or six weeks to, for some players to get up there in the, in the communication level and then to have it all synergized, but we'll see. Let's see how it works out. So optimistic, the perfect stage three, is this a team that we see uh, go to playoffs? Uh, the perfect What's schedule stage like? three, uh, I think we play, we play a couple of big names. Uh, London, Paris, Houston, Paris, Houston Guangzhou, <laughs> Rain, Spitfire, Gladiators, and Excelsior. Off the top of my head, by the way. Yeah, that's a four, potential four three, right? Yes, it's. I mean, it's London. It's actually, you know, you can even have one one sure. off there. Um, it's going to be very rough uh, to make playoffs, obviously, considering that we are kind of a new team. Um, it is kind of tough, though. I mean, you guys, it's not yeah. also. You have Gladiators, Excelsior. You've got Spitfire. It is, it is tough. It is going to be hard. In the perfect world, we do it. Uh it will be close even in the perfect world, but we can do it. But if, if everything goes to your expectations, yeah, four three, that would be that would be the the number one thing. Uh, if there's one thing you have to do is to stay optimistic, right? Uh -huh. So you have to stay optimistic. You have to stay hype, and yeah. then you even we can do anything. Speaking of hype, hype is against you probably in that homestand game, right? Because you're playing oh. the first homestand for Atlanta Rain ever. Yes. Right? In terms of first. fans, I think Atlanta Rain is not doing badly. Like, uh. especially t-shirt sales and whatever. Like, I think <laughs> that is going to be really important. Do you, have, do you have yes. a statistic somewhere on merch sales to performance? <laughs> no. Is that a thing? Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have, but I know that Defran had like the most sold jerseys when he was still in the league. Um, and now it's back Bay, to John, like all is fine in the world. Baby Ray is top five, I think. Uh, by the way, hmm. maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, that's going to be rough. We we will have the crowd against us, but I think that's good for us. I I think so. What we lost between stage one and stage two is also this kind of underdog mentality because no one was like counting on us in stage one. Right, so so everyone was like, "Oh, we can just prove them all wrong. We can just prove all those analysts wrong and just show them that we are top four team in the world." Uh, even though we just came out of contenders, most of the players just came fresh out of contenders. We are actually up there 
And we kind of lost it in stage two uh, because it's like, oh, look at us. We are, we are top four. <laughs> uh, just look at us. Uh, and now we are back to, oh, no one expects anything. So we can just prove them all wrong. Um, so maybe that's good for us if, if we have like the core team against us. We have Atlanta and New York, I think, in the homestand. And New York will definitely have a bigger, uh, a bigger fan pool there as well. So yeah, that's going to that's going to be cool. <laughs> to be fair, your team strikes me as like. So if I look at your results, I think you generally beat the teams you should. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Like playing Boston close, okay. That's not a problem for me. That's unfortunate. Three yeah. two, especially game five against Boston, right? That game was tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fusion, okay, you can lose that. I think you're like realistically probably just in projections a little bit lower than Fusion. Yeah, in stage one, we would have destroyed them by the way. Very possible, definitely. And then, okay, you play Shock. Okay. And you win against Eternal and you lose against Titans, right? That's that's very expected. And also in stage one, I think the the mat okay, you lost against the rain, so that's a rematch. But then you also lost against New York. So that's that's lost once against again, Rain again, uh, without Necro. That's always the case. Yes. New again, York also right? lost against Rain, for what it's worth. So at least it feels like based on okay. This might sound a little dickish to you saying that to your face, but based on your talent level in the team and where you should be, I think you rarely underachieve. And that is, that is certainly something that speaks for uh, solid coaching, I think. We don't pull any punches. Well, that was a compliment. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's, a, that's, that's about how our Discord works, too. <laughs> Honestly, it's all the way through. Insulting each other yeah, all it's the just time. people insulting each other, but then you're like, actually, that's a compliment. <laughs> Joke's on you. All right. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yiska, Joe, any other questions uh, for uh, Baroy here before we maybe hop into some PvP? We could go over the Twitter stuff if we haven't already. We do. So yeah. we, we, we've got a few questions I want to do at the end, but I also want to do PvP. Oh. I did want to ask you uh, one quick thing about scouting. Um, you, you talk about how your day-to-day -day is crammed. You work 10 to 12 hours a day, um, and your days off are spent preparing, um, and you don't have much time to yourself. How do you scout? How do teams scout? Where are the scouts? Do we need scouts? Is there room for scouts to come up in the scene uh, in general? Yes. Is, is there kind of a third-party way? Is a of, there is a lot of... Uh... Goodbye. Um, All right, we're going to see totally. Yiska later. Oh, there we go. So, um, Sorry. there is a lot of opportunity for scouts because I think I might just be the best scout in Overwatch right now uh, for the last two years, maybe. I, I don't want to say this as like a set point. I don't want to. Because I'm Too I'm late. very unsure about that, but because I built a lot of teams in the last few years, sure. uh, I think that I'm I'm very unique in that kind of sense because most people were just like staying with one team and scouting for them, and I think that those kind of scouts also didn't really do the scout work that normal scouts in sports do because I think what we are missing right now in Overwatch is having people actually scout 
which is like you go to the team house and you of of whatever a contenders team and you write down oh this guy you don't write down like oh he does so much damage he has gold damage every mm -hmm. fucking match mm -hmm. no what you have to scout what we desperately need in a lot of cases is oh he has good mentality does he have leadership ability how well does he communicate in the game is he an introvert or an extrovert what are his other personality traits like those are the kind of things that scouts do in normal sports again if you read books about that you will quickly learn that and that's mm -hmm. the stuff that we desperately need right now because so much time is wasted on finding out all of that by every coach when you're trialing players that um because those things are important mm -hmm. those things are very important it's like it doesn't have anything to do with the game like almost nothing but uh like how much dedication does it give to training so to practice uh that's stuff that you don't know from watching the game you have to go there and find out and uh we desperately need that in overwatch there's a lot of things that can be done so uh, I I don't, yeah I was going to say, I do find that really interesting because most, and so I, I did get a minor in statistics in college. So like, oh, there we go. Yeah. So I'd like enough to basically know what they all mean, but not so much to know like how to make them myself <laughs> is basically how it works. But something that I learned from, cause I took a lot of uh, classes with statistics majors is I'll, I'll, I would say one of their biggest um, opportunities were that it, when something came out to for judgment outside of numbers, they weren't very strong. Do you feel like that makes you uniquely talented in the sense that you can quantify so many different um, stats and things, but you're also able to qualify based on non-tangibles? Like, you can't really assign a number. Like, you could assign a number to leadership okay. ability, and you, you probably so, do, but I mean, like, overall, it's it's less... It takes a special person to be able to go, I recognize leadership ability and I recognize it to a level that I feel like I can comfortably assign a number and be successful. Yes. Uh, and I think I'm not necessarily that person. I have very limited uh, experience in finding all out a bunch of that stuff. Um, I do have, I do have, uh, well, the, the problem is if, uh, since I scouted a lot for like Korean teams in the past, uh, there's, there's also the language barrier for me, right? Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily easy for me to find that stuff out. But um, that is that, that is not something that is like uh, just me. Everyone, I think everyone can do that. Everyone who's like good at or knows how to socialize with people will be able to do that kind of stuff. Uh, you should be able, like after after couple of months of doing that you'll just become good at it you you just become good at kind of seeing what you're trying to see because you you will have seen people who are good at leading you will have seen people who are very shy personalities and after a while you will uh, you will be able to quantify all of those different things and mm. if you can actually write it down in numbers that's what people do in baseball nowadays uh, to to kind of they use statistics in baseball, like they, the, like you would use the statistics in Overwatch, but then they would also quantify intangibles like leadership ability, dedication to practice, uh, personality traits, different different kind of personality traits, and scale them from like whatever their scale is from one to one hundred or something, and then 
use both of those sides, intangibles and tangibles, and bring them together. And I'm not really doing that uh, myself, uh, only to a limited degree. And I think that is something that that is something that everyone kind of can do. It's just no one really does it, and there's maybe not enough time right now for anyone to do it. The the really interesting insight, by the way. Uh, the follow up question I had is: you did say something that you had helped form a lot of successful other Overwatch teams. Any any teams that sure. you can kind of tell us about for those who uh, maybe who don't know? No. Okay. Not not even in the past. You're no, not like envy. All right. Fair I enough. Can't say any teams. All right. Figured <laughs> it was a shot. Figured it was a shot. All right. Any other questions for you guys before we go into a little PvP and we take some questions from Twitch chat? Going a little long today. Hope you guys don't mind, but it's uh, good. We're at about an hour 20. We did this the same thing with Mineral. We just went a little long. Had a little fun. Oh, we should go another hour and 20. Dude, if, you, if just, you're here, if you're here and down, as long as you just, keep bringing the leaks, you go all up. <laughs> Give me another no answer though. That's strike three. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, if you ask I'm me for it, if you ask me to dance in the panda costume, that's definitely a yes. Uh, yeah. So I need whoever's the winner of PVP. I need you to dance in the panda costume with like a sign that says Yiska or Volamel. That's what I need. That is actually great. All that right. is actually that is actually perfect. All right. We'll we'll plan that. So we're going to go into, uh, we're going to go into, so is China a lost cause, Baroy? Uh, we're going to banter. That's a good question. Uh, we're going to, can someone put that in the show notes for me, please? I don't have it open. We're going to talk about some PVP. So we recently did a, uh, a segment called PVP or player versus player. The idea is pretty simple. Yiska likes to argue. Joe is the most wholesome po- person in the world. Why not make them argue over something for internet points? We're going to do that, <laughs> but we have a special guest judge today, and that's going to be Baroy. Baroy is going to, in his, who uh, is going to judge in his mind who won the round. I'm also going to post some links to a straw poll so that you can actually vote yourself for who you think won or lost the round. Wait, Very simple. So help me, help me out here. Is this Yiska? And so, this is Joe. Other way around. This is Joe. Yep. This way. And this is Yiska. Bingo. Okay. Okay. I got it. All right. So yeah, it's kind of a, a kind of a play on like around the horn, <laughs> other things like that. So we're gonna go through three topics. Each person is going to get sixty seconds to kind of make their make their stand. I might give them a little more, or a little less time based on the points that they're making and we'll see who comes out the winner and the winner will, uh, you know, uh, get a dancing Baroy is basically, that's the prize for this, this week is a dancing. It's uh, a dancing Brit. Now this is a graphic way easy, way easier to make than the other ones, by the way. So yeah. Sound good. Baroy, do you have any questions? Cause you're, you're the guest judge. For the PvP? For PvP. So, like, questions that they have to argue about? No, no, no. We've already, got, we've already pre-planned oh, okay. the questions. So here are the three questions. Question number one is, are the Toronto moves 
Well, that's uh, bringing up gods and Sherrick. Good. Question number two is, should Overwatch League introduce balance patches mid-stage? And question number three is, should Overwatch League force franchises to field an academy team? Those are the three that you're going to have to judge. Okay. And it isn't necessarily like a, a big part of it is, yes, who, ha- who do you think has the best answer? But it's no, not I the will, best I answer. I will judge on the argument. I don't care about the answer. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, you know, have fun with it. Be good. Chat, I'm going to post straw polls after that is done. Um, After each round is done so that you can vote yourself. But let's go ahead. And what we're going to do, question number one is, are the Toronto moves good? And I forget who's, I'm going to just have Joe, who won last time? Yiska did, right? So Joe, you get the opportunity of going first. So we're going to go ahead and get started in three, two, one. You know, our good friend, Mr. Panda Man, brought up the old adage of being the underdog. And I think Toronto are definitely the underdog because I am not a big fan of these moves. I think if you're making big mid-season changes, I wouldn't suggest adding in a whole new language, trying to take your Korean players that you've, you have scouted. You're taking Neko. Yes, he's played on a Western team before, but is it going to be as easy for him to communicate than it would have been to add in more Korean players? You're bringing in gods. He's been around the block for a long time. Haven't been super impressed. Sherrick, on the other hand, solid player, we'll have to say. Quite, quite liked him in any contenders. For the most part, this is a huge change. It's going to take you a good amount of time to actually gel and get used to the calling structure. Granted, the schedule is a little bit, you know, a little bit shifty. For the most part, this is a huge move in the middle of a season. I can't necessarily get behind it. I think it's going to be a kind of work in progress. So I'm not a big fan. I would have went with Grant. Wow, you really timed that. That was really good. Wow. Dang. Bonus point plus one for <laughs> Joe for timing that correctly, which is actually the hardest part about this whole thing. So let's go on to Yiska's rebuttal. Are the Toronto Defiant moves Gods and Sherrick good? I think so simply because as as we outlined the argument last time, like split or hybrid roster or mixed rosters, however you want to call them, are the future. I think the amount of talent that you may be able to get from these specific regions is just bigger. It increases also the the um, the value that each individual player has because he then can play in different systems. I will also say, like the language thing, it's not just Neko that is able to uh, play in these uh, in these hybrid rosters. It's also that Gods has proven to uh, work in hybrid rosters as like C9 back in the day, right? So then you take on uh, the other players that like, I think the only one that really has an issue would be Roki, right? And I think generally as a, as a language teacher, I think you can tra- teach serviceable English in a fairly uh, short amount of time. Also big break now, if you're not doing it now you're not going to do the season so i like the the time i also assume this was decided a little bit before we got to know it so if they've been able to work with that in some way (laughs) all right that was it 
All right. So um, I'm going to post the, tra the straw poll in here. So, chat, you guys can start voting now. I feel like the person who goes second has such a big advantage because you can counter all the points. Yeah, this is a Ooh. this is a very serious game, boy. Like, here's the thing, man. Maybe maybe we waited 35 episodes That's because why you don't understand tactical crouch. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, whoever loses, yeah. So whoever um, wins the first round goes first the second round. So it's oh. kind of that. So the person who won last time gets the advantage. Okay. 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 Right. So I don't. Snowballed. I don't know if that's too statistically complex uh -huh. for you with how that works, <laughs> but uh, so that's that's roughly how it works. I'm actually I'm interested to see what chat says here. Ah, oh, damn! Right, this is so hard to right, judge. So right now, Yiska is ahead, sixty-four to thirty-six. Baroy, though, who do you who do you agree with? Well, I to be, I no, cannot. So who wins? Who I wins? cannot go on the answer. Yeah. So I, who who wins the round? Wow. And tell us why. Just, in terms of just the argument. In terms of whatever criteria you make uh, up. I think Yiska wins here because he he basically took whatever Joe said and kind of he took what Joe said and then he was like, ah, that doesn't count. That can, that is obsolete in two months. That is like uh, not not really valid. It's like whoa. He just took every single step. And he, he just <laughs> yeah. he just he just destroyed. Yeah. I lawyer him. I lawyer him. He, <laughs> All right. he destroyed Joe. And you get to Joe. Uh, you're you're destroyed. I, it, and, it's and a it's a tactical crouch <laughs> trope. Yeah, it's and, a technical control at this point. Yeah, and you're Sitting not. So the nice thing is too is you're not in trouble with your team for being like, no, those moves fucking suck. <laughs> I'm the oh, best no, analyst no. in Overwatch League. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't do that really, can you? So Yiska, man, Yiska lucked out on getting the affirmative on that one. So uh, one point for Yiska, and the chat is very much in agreement. Eleven votes for Yiska. Four votes for Volamel. Joe, That's you okay. didn't have a good time on this one, but you also we will just have to say you also chose the topic, so like it's like half your fault. So yeah, I don't you know. choose the maps, dude. What are you doing? Pick some good maps for you. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, did he talk about why Winston's lab is dead yet? Uh, because he's a <laughs> Because he's full-time in Overwatch League. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. All right, we're going to go to question number two. Yiska up 1-0. Question is, should Overwatch League introduce balance patches mid-stage? Yiska, you're going to be going up first on this one. One minute on the clock starting now. No, I would even go as far as to say they shouldn't introduce um, balance patches. Let's say mid-season now, I wouldn't be as opposed to it. I, I, otherwise, I would say straight up, no, they shouldn't introduce any. Because the competitive integrity of the selection process is really hurt. Let's say, for instance, that stage four, once again, is a different meta like last year. You are selecting teams through the regular season that then come into playoffs and uh, un potentially underperform because they're not accustomed to the new meta. So what does that give us? Terrible playoffs. 
What can we do against it? Not much. Like, the play-in tournaments do help in this regard. And it, they are probably not enough to, to alleviate that problem much because the quality of those teams, no offense, Baroy, will probably not meet the, one of the top teams. So based on seeding, we're just going to see storms for this first couple of play days in playoffs consistently because the, the different patches require this different skill. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yiska saying no. Yeah. Overwatch League should not introduce balance changes during uh, mid patch or mid mid stage. All right, Joe, you got your chance here. Even up the score. Should Overwatch League introduce balance patches mid stage? Of course they have to. Nobody likes goats. We've seen through the World Cup voting that everybody needs DPS players. We need to have those DPS picks to get those viewers. I don't know if you've seen the average Overwatch League viewer. You know, the Shanghai Dragons, they literally didn't win a single game in season one. And they have some of the most biased, crazy, fervent fans in the entire league. It doesn't matter about the competitive integrity, Iska. This is the WWE. We want to see people diving off of steel cages and bleeding everywhere. It has to be an, an entertainment. It, this isn't competitive anymore. This is this is about <laughs> DPS play. We, we, have to, we have to play dive. We have to play triple DPS. That's what the people want to see. I'm saying give the people what they want. Give them the DPS. <laughs> that wine didn't make it better, mate. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, this is a hundred percent win for Joe right now. This is this is the best fucking <laughs> argument I've ever seen. Yes! Uh I think there's no doubt. There's no doubt Joe wins this. Come on. That can't all out of this has to be um, all out of why. <laughs> all out of why. Do you need a second to go get some more? Or you I good? could. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And he's gone. He's going. In the meantime, in Twitch chat, you are able to vote. You don't vote need to vote. Ten percent. No or sorry, uh, there's only one option. Seventy-nine percent in favor of Volmel on this one. Overwatch League should introduce balance <laughs> patches mid-stage. Uh, to sum it up, uh, Sam Hari says yes because DPS. <laughs> I know what the people want. <laughs> All right, man. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he just went straight from the bottle. Dean, of course. He see, he understands. This is a master of the entertainment. Is he's pouring drinks thing? on the floor. He's pulling props out. That's what the Overwatch needs, needs oh, to do. Man. They need to get more Chengdu hunters. They need to do the Brenji, you know, just just sign Bren to a team. Give, right. give a team a signing bonus. Just sign him to a team. People will love that stuff. All right, yes. They could see me self-harm if they do that. No problem. <laughs> I could also absolutely clown during the, the breaks and we have actual competition. I, I make that sacrifice. I'll be there. See, he, he talks all this big game things. about competitive integrity. He wants to dress up like a clown and entertain you, okay? It's Don't true, let him yeah. fool you. It's a facade. Yeah. yeah. He's much, he, he thinks too much when he tweets is basically all I've learned about Yiska since doing the show with him is that he just thinks too much before he posts anything publicly. Because once you get him on the spot and he has to say something that comes to his head right then and there, it's just f trash. True. All right. And likely not very politically correct. Here's, here's, here's the thing, though. Uh, Yiska, you won last week and we're tied one to one, which means that I'm going to make you go first for the third round. Okay, fine. 
Okay. Okay. Fine. And uh, this is a, this is actually I think the best question we've had in PvP so far. It's a really interesting one. Question is: Should Overwatch League force franchises to field their own academy team? This is going to be a good one. Yiska, you're going first. You've got one minute on the clock. Go ahead now. In my opinion, no, simply because fools need to be allowed to make their own mistakes. Uh, for instance, uh, Valiant had a, a pretty terrible time, I think, also in part because they didn't have a, a contenders team. They could have had the second roster, for instance, playing contenders this season. They didn't take that opportunity. That is fine. I want more distinguishing factors in terms of what makes a, a good Overwatch League team and a bad one, and that Academy roster is part of that system. And I want systems to compete against each other, because if I already have to believe in these made-up brands, then I also want to see them work for it, right? I want to see what these uh, brands have. And for instance, for um, like if that's voluntary, it has a different feel. Boston, for instance, has a very good Academy team in that regard, and in the way that they feel them, sell them, this is part of the story of it all. Also, I think third-party uh, um, third party clan or organizations are very good for the system. All right. There it is, bro. It's got a smirk on its face. He's got a smirk. I have a feeling he knows where he's voting. He's made up his mind. We've got typing going on. Yiska's just, I don't know, memeing somewhere else. No, I'm I'm actually half a bottle of wine down. I'm feeling it slowly. <laughs> I should have dropped this. I even have I even have grape juice here. Didn't think this through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Joe Yiska says that no Overwatch League team should not force Overwatch League franchises to field an academy team. Let's hear what you've got to say. Again. You have to think of the kids. Who's going to grow up eating their Lucio O's, playing with their Bastion Lego toys, and adventuring into becoming an Overwatch League pro if Contenders doesn't exist? If we don't force these teams and make... We have to make considerable changes to the financial structure to be able to support this, but every team should have a, an academy roster for their own sake, for the league's sake, for the kids' sakes. So you got to think of the kids. You gotta think. You gotta think of the next generation coming up. You don't get the who are yous. You don't get the leaves. You don't get the as knockies. a teacher. Fuck kids. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get those kids coming up that are incredibly talented. Yiska, <laughs> have we seen the best Overwatch League yet? No, because it's gonna happen next season when all those crazy generational talents are coming into the league. We don't get them if Contenders doesn't exist for the next season. And now I don't season. know if you drank the bottle of wine. Or <laughs> I may have. Maybe it's going somewhere else. <laughs> Not the best timing, but still all right. <laughs> Fairly good. All right. So the question was, oh should God. Overwatch League be forced or should Overwatch League force franchises? I didn't both answer yes. <laughs> to field an academy team. Okay. No, Yiska, I said no. Yeska said, said no. no. Joe said yes. <laughs> I said for the kids. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. Joe said yes for the kid. Uh, Baroy, where are you landing here? Oh, I think it's kind of. I think it's fairly obvious. I think the winner is going to be Joe. Has this one? I think Joe. Joe has this one. I think there's no 
We are yes. easy to vote for Jeska. Jeska even violated the rules by counterpointing uh, arguments. <laughs> by counterpointing <laughs> arguments when Joe was speaking. He said, it's true. He said something that I won't repeat on the show. That I won't repeat <laughs> in public. Who uh, was that? I don't he dispar- know. He, but, he was disparaging <laughs> the children. Uh, but I felt like I felt like Yiska's arguments were kind of weak, so it don't, oh, no. don't has to win here. All right, so let's take a look at how we're doing. So first of all, Joe, congratulations! You are the second ever PvP champion. You get thirty seconds uh, for victory speech. Have okay, fun. okay. I get thirty seconds. Um, go watch China, guys. You should go check out China. Chinese contender. Okay, wait, 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 you wait. You did this. I, you did I, this think, I think we have to change this. <laughs> <laughs> go watch I, I, that that region with the dps guys i know you love your dps i saw that straw poll we play a lot of <laughs> dps over there you should check it out that was only 28 seconds but i can't listen to it anymore no get him off there i uh, i feel like i feel like we have to take the crown yeah no i mean we can't do that we've already <laughs> crowned it <laughs> We're not going to Steve Harvey this one. It's staying. Damn. So let's take a look at what chat said, though, now that we've had time for all three to settle. Are the Toronto Defiant moves good? Yes. 16 out of 16 votes, 12 say yes, 4 say no. Wow. 75%. Should Overwatch League introduce balance changes mid stage? 13 say yes, 5 say no. Wow. There are even five people who said mid stage. Okay, I feel who like would... people didn't understand. No, no. <laughs> it's only about the argument, though. Joe and then yeah, finally, should the Overwatch League franchises be required to field an uh, an academy team? I apparently mistyped that question. My bad. Straw pollers who could not understand what we were going for. Yiska wins. No. Eleven. To Joe's nine, saying oh, yes. Close. That's a close one. So close one. So close we have one. to. Okay, so it's basically a double, double win. Both win, both lose. I mean, no. no one I mean, in the end, Don't aren't we China. all losers? But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, technically Joe wins because in the end, your your vote. As judge Baroy is the only vote that actually matters. Judge, yes. jury, and okay. we, we give <laughs> we give come. Twitch chat a vote, but we kind of go. You know, it's kind of like when you get, you know, you have the kids table at Thanksgiving, yes, yes, and yes. they get like the pre-cut oh. turkey. Yeah, and, I remember yeah. that. We always had like a small table because the adults were sitting at the normal table, and the kids were just sitting at the small table, and we we got all the leftovers. It was like the, yeah, the adults. it wasn't like the then, best cuts. It wasn't so, like so. It yeah. was like there's there's like one table here and then one table here. So it was like the adults they threw down the food to the dog, and whatever the dog didn't want, that was. That was <laughs> I mean, a little bit different in America, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Roughly the same idea there. So Joe does win because you because I am you gave him two votes and you're the adult. So there it is. So congrats, Joe. Uh, Yiska, keep chugging that wine, man. I would say 
as it's an esports topic, these two people, I'm, tr uh, by the way, only 20 years old, these people have forced me to drink alcohol on their establishment. Also, I want you to really feel me on this, really feel me on this. And I also was thrown off a building against my will. Certainly look like it. You don't understand the reference, do you? <laughs> no, no idea. I have no idea. That, that's a TFU joke. Face up, bro. Oh, Wait, oh. can I? Yes, here. Uh, it, it was hard. It was hard in my current state to come up with that hand sign, but I did it. See, chat, this wow. is who you voted for. This yeah. is who, this is an absolute animal that you voted for. Trying to throw up phase up signs. Come on. Wow. Yeah. All right. Shame on you. Voltmel lives inside the rock. Uh, the other three of us live inside the rock. I've been watching the, the, the TFU phase kind of uh, debacle, but even I didn't catch that one the so of a story uh, yeah it's one of those things huh all right big old eye roll player versus player in the books we did have some questions in chat uh wait what were the different ones so what we did have one from twitter uh, obviously oh. <laughs> so i got one from cox box tornado name rings a bell i've seen them around yep. same change your name uh, ask, um, ask him about what it was like to build Winston's lab from the data scraps Blizzard gave us compared to the data given to Overwatch League teams today in 2019. I'd be very excited to hear how Baroy approaches data at different availability levels. Okay, so... It is a very different, let's, let's just say, it was a very different experience from what it is now. Uh, back then, you, I had to do everything, well... You did it manually, for the most well, part, right? For some, yeah, I guess, that's true. Uh, the, the, the main difference is that, that now, if I, if I wanted to, and if I had the time to actually research, I could spend a lot more time on researching all the, all the stuff that I want. Back then it was like way more of just like, way more of just building the tools that, that make me able to, that, that create the availability for actually doing research. And I mean, building Winston's lab was a big part of it because the Winston's lab gives me this kind of structure, right? To, to have to have all the research conducted that I want, you have to like build a couple of thousands of lines of code to kind of get to the point where you can actually where you can actually use data. Uh, and now I'm at the point where I I get all the data fed in, so I don't have to build tools that create the data anymore. And uh, I already have the structure. Um, so it is so much easier, so much more time I can spend on just research now on all the, on all the stuff, uh, that I want to do, uh, instead of just doing the necessities the necessities, um, it's, it's two very different worlds. Uh, let's just say that. See, I, I told you a while ago, you should have went the capture route where you just take screenshots of specific places on, on screens and just yes. have like the plebs fill that out and have your data acquisition that way. That is actually a brilliant idea and I should have done it. So I should have done it. 
are you do you have access now to numbers and statistics that you need but you didn't have even manual oh, yes. collecting? Oh yes, 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 definitely. There's uh, not only do not only does Overwatch have like a public API now, which it didn't have three years ago, um, but also all the Overwatch League teams get uh, get statistics for every single Overwatch League match that are way more than I could ever do with just image recognition and manual input. It is a lot more specific, a lot more stuff that I can use. For example, uh, something that I can do now is create like, uh, what is it called? Uh, <laughs> I just looked at Joe walking Look at in. Joe in those, uh, Michigan, <laughs> those Michigan shorts and his plaid shirt. I mean, I, I'm doing I like the same, that. dude. I'm wearing sweatpants. I get it, I, but come I, on. So, so what was I saying? God, uh, we were talking about some of the stats. Him. You were talking about so, some of the stats that Overwatch League had yeah, so, that you yeah, could yeah. never so, get. Something, something that they give us is uh, gives us the possibility to create like uh, what is it called, like hot maps or whatever, where you can see oh, heat, maps. heat maps. Heat maps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's something that I would probably I would be never able to do with just image recognition. So uh, it's it's a different world. It's just a different world. I ha I can spend so much more time on actually doing what I want instead of building all the ground up infrastructure that was basically that is basically Winston's lab. Interesting. With the new replays, could you not make heat maps? Ah, uh, well, it is a lot. Well, I. You could, I mean, but we didn't even talk about that. By the yes. way, we know that the replay system That's... is out there, and 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 we've had something in Overwatch League. We're going to talk about it more though on Tuesday. So yeah, that's the that's the thing. Uh, that's what I mean. Back then, back when it was on the instance lab, and mm. there was no real data given from uh, Blizzard before Overwatch League. Um, most of the time, or a lot of the time, was spent on building the tools. And now I now I not only have the tools already, but I also get stuff that I don't need new tools for. I get the data from Blizzard where I can create heat maps without building a tool for it. Um, without coding like an insanely complex uh, artificial intelligence um it is a lot humble humble brag nicer yeah. <laughs> it's nicer fair enough uh another question from banter life in chat says will 12 player rosters in your opinion be more viable next year once we start going to uh specific cities Whoa. That is a great question. That is a really, really good question. Ah, uh, wow. That is, wow, okay, this question is amazing. Because, so, one thing that we have to consider, and I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. I would probably actually say yes. Uh, so, one thing we have to consider, right, and I think we can bring in Joe and Lyska for that, is that um, if... So there are a lot of different scenarios that home the way could work, but let's say, let's say it is like hardcore and we have to travel from one yeah. uh, location to another every week um, or every two weeks even. We could have like four players stay in Toronto or stay wherever they are located and just uh, practice with the academy team or whatever, practice mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. whatever and just save the energy, not having to fly like 
two days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, that is actually insane for, I think at that point, you know, those like football manager games or something where, where you have all the players and they have statistics, like they are good at shooting or they are good at goalkeeping or whatever. Let's just use soccer because I know soccer. Uh, and there's one statistic that says fitness. And fitness never really was something that you would have to consider in Overwatch because it's not a real sport. But I bet you, if you have to travel twice a week, uh, then fitness actually becomes something that you have to consider. So if you have, if you can have players that save their that save their fitness by not traveling, then I think that can become immensely valuable at some point. Sure. It's it's also. Esports players are so incredibly incompetent at managing their sleep schedule. If you think about it, just like <laughs> if you have to cope with jet lag, it is it's going to be such a challenge. Yes. Dial 1-800-SLEEP, kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so this one also came in from Twitter. Uh, uh, don't let me forget. From Bambi. Somebody named Bambi on Twitter says, as an analyst, how are you able to tell which data is important and which isn't? It's kind of a common yeah. saying to state the stats aren't everything, but they're obviously important. So how do you make that call? You have to, you have to be very objective and you have to do a lot of research. You have to do a lot of research. You have to look at a lot of different things uh, like, uh, you have to look for hours and hours. Do your do your due diligence and look at look mm -hmm. at a lot of different scenarios where you could apply the data and kind of figure out where where statistics actually matter and where mm -hmm. they don't. And you have to you have to keep in mind that you're not doing this to for yourself. You're not doing this to like say, oh, I found this new statistic. It's so insanely valuable. Look at me. Uh, you you actually do that to improve like your team. Uh, you actually do that to make your team better. So you have to you have to realize that 100 or 99 out of the 100 statistics or, or concepts you just created and found are not important at all. But there yes. might be one that is. If you are not if you are not objective enough, you will you will fail by saying, oh, I have, I have, I looked at like 10 different things and this is the most important one, but yeah, the most important one out of 10 might just be as unimportant as a, as a 10th statistic. You really have to look at a lot of different things. You have to be very objective um, because if, if your top thing doesn't matter, then saying that it's the, the thing that matters most doesn't it, it it's it's useless information yeah um it, real quick like there was one book that I, it's actually a fan fiction of harry potter and it sounds ridiculous but it's called harry potter and the methods of rationality and the writer has like a bit in there or i forget if it was like in a sub notes or whatever but it's like as a core tenet of rationality you have to detach from the idea that if you have 10 ideas, one of them is, even one of them is valuable. Yeah. You got to prove them empirically in some way. And it takes a lot of resistance to say, okay, I actually am someone who has to have come up with 99 terrible ideas in order to get that one that is tangentially has value. And to forsake these theories, 
is actually like especially if, if you're going into it with a lot of egoic attachment that is a big problem for a lot of analysts in general yes that is very hard for people to do and uh, a lot of times i know that or i notice that there are people that try to do something and they they very they focus very hard on one thing that they think matters and they they do a lot of research and they are like oh look at this look at what i found out but in the end it doesn't matter and they don't see it because they are stubbornly like focusing on that and they feel like if they if they throw everything away what they just like did all the work then it didn't it wouldn't matter at all but that is the work that matters most the, the stuff that you find out that isn't useful is a lot more important than, than the things yes. that you figure yes. out that is important mm -hmm. uh, be a negativer yeah it it kind of uh, sounds dumb but isn't that uh, like if in isn't that like an Edison quote too about like the light bulb? He's like, I just found ten thousand ways to not make a light bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it, it's it really is. You have like this this thing called Overwatch, and it's like this huge thing of cheese, and somewhere in there is like a gold nugget. And you just keep cutting away at the at the uh, cheese, and just go like, okay, this is not the gold nugget. This is not the gold nugget. This yeah. is not the gold nugget. Right. This is, it's not like, oh, there it probably is. It is, this is not it. Yeah. And a lot of people fail either by saying, oh, I cut three times. I'm out of power. Mm. So this doesn't work. There can't be any gold in the cheese. Yes. Uh, and other people would be like, oh, look at this. This is kind of golden cheese, right? So yes. I guess it counts. You only get there if you are dedicated enough to cut the whole fucking cheese in parts uh, and at the same time not. Uh, be not be like stubborn enough to say that uh, or look at to say that there might be a gold nugget in the cheese even though in this particular cheese there wasn't. It's actually a beautiful analogy and you're missing one key component is looking for the loopholes because this this block of cheese is actually Swiss cheese. So you can't try to find the loopholes and go through the little holes in the cheese to find the gold nugget. You have to sit there and you have to scrape away after scrape. Yeah, you can't just scrape into it. You yeah. can't just jump through the hole and expect to get there really quickly. You have to one million scrapes before you get to that gold nugget. Yeah, yeah. You bunch but of nerds. <laughs> like, the, yeah. the good part is I hate positional. <laughs> I love cheese. <laughs> We're all like toes and tolerance. Yes, I agree. Like cheese is good. <laughs> I love cheese. But, um, wait, what was my train of thought? Um, it is definitely, the problem is also sometimes you take a gamble and say, okay, so that's half the thing. And then you take the wrong half, right? And yes. that is it, like, inherently a very big problem. And I it think some of it is, oh, of course. Some of the, uh, like, statistical analysis I've seen. That's just that. It's unfortunate because it's it's actually a very good thing to do. And it also reinforces the idea of a high amount of iterations. You just have to have a lot of semi-good ideas that you then can prove empirically, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and getting to the point, uh, yeah, as I said, it's very frustrating. It's just, you, you spend, I don't know how much our time I spent on finding stuff that doesn't matter at all mm. let, me, let me actually try to find an example that, that is actually <laughs> but it, the beauty of it is dude yeah once you get close right uh -huh. the amount of time 
like this is so lin okay that's a lindy effect and in essence it actually means the longer something stays around the more likely it is to stay around right so certain religions certainly enjoying the lindy effect whatever but what also it says in reverse is the longer it takes to find something the longer this thing will stay around if it's proven to be accurate right so yes. once you found something and of course the problem is sometimes jeff just says oh, okay we're actually going from gouda to uh Emmentaler. and it's just like okay we got a new cheese to cut but yeah that's that's also overwatch uh, here's one thing yeah. for you so one thing i i tried at some point was trying to figure out if it if it matters when so when someone uses their ult in a fight where it's two where they have a two-man disadvantage and then use their ult how high the win percentage is and try to figure out if that if that like if you can create a clutch factor out of that dude that stat is so insignificant mm. <laughs> I, i'm telling you this, this is some this is something i spent a lot of time on it's just one example uh, mm -hmm. i just looked up um it, yes uh i i don't know where to, to get that but this is this is just one of those things where mm -hmm. you spend a lot of time on it and it is frustrating. But if you get there, as Yiska said, dude, I I wrote like my my first big statistical article on um, that I put on my website. This is that um, I wrote like three thousand words, and I and it felt like I did that in like a minute because it was so fun to do it. Mm. It was so great to. So just rewarding. take all the knowledge and like bring it out to people and then mm. and then it got to the top of reddit and got like thousands of thousands of thousands of views and i'm like damn cool. that that's so cool so i, I forgot i forgot there's like one of my favorite authors and i forgot who it is because he's really a cynical person but he basically says the best writing comes out like a hot dropping if you want mm -hmm. like it, it just flows out of you yep. it's probably a very good. Yes, yes. And needed to be written to. All right. On that note, <laughs> we're going to call it a show. Uh, good writing is like a bad, or is good dropping. Is that what it is? He good actually actually said a good shit, but I was. Oh, good writing is like a good there you There you go. We got it. All right. We got to get out of here. We just crossed Bukowski. Bukowski. Oh. Nice. Yeah. We're hopping out. We're at, we're at two hours. We're going to come back shortly after we say goodbye uh, for our post show. But first and foremost, uh, bro, I got to say something, man. There's there's going to be, you know, 10 years in the past or in the future uh, when people are remembering the, the, you know, the beginning years of competitive Overwatch and uh, the beginnings of the Overwatch League. Of course, in 10 years in the future, you've got a million people tuning in concurrently everybody's hyped about overwatch league they're doing everything we expected them to do and more you're going to be remembered as one of the fathers of competitive overwatch oh i don't know about that <laughs> you, should, you should be and, and i should be but we're canon I'm... we're canonizing you right now I'm because we can help it yes if we, <laughs> I, we can help it joe and i then that will happen Mm -hmm. What do you mean, yeah. Joe and I? I'm right here, dude. <laughs> oh, we we are the writers, you know. We go the thread, excruciating. You thing. no one reads written content anymore. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, I drink to that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> 
So literally one of the fathers of competitive Overwatch have helped so many people along the way, regardless of whether it's written, spoken, on video. I hope that people do remember you as one of the fathers of competitive Overwatch because truly what you did with Winston Lab, Winston's Lab and what you're doing in Overwatch League as an analyst for the Toronto Defiant could quite literally set the standard for so much more and beyond of even with just what we have with competitive overwatch so kudos to you thank so. you to you by the way because um you know yuska invited me to his discord but you were one of the first people to like actually reach out to me when i was doing overwatch league daily and oh, reached yeah. out about uh just like ways to help and at putting questions and notes for me and helping me out there in a place where i had no business being so I hope. Oh, I, I I thank you for saving my life. That's another story. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I oh, true. I did yeah. also save his life because uh, Baroy doesn't know how to work a lock on a door in the United States. Basically, is the it short version of the story. Two a.m. or something. Come yeah. On. In LA. How the funny thing is, people? I was out oh. editing, and so I used to edit Overwatch League daily so late I would stay up until four a.m., five a.m. every night. Poor Katie, she's over here playing WoW right now. Poor Katie would like never go to bed with her husband because I was editing Overwatch League daily. Hmm. And but I was up editing so late and Baroy is like, "Hey, I have a question for you." And basically, <laughs> long and short of it is, I don't know how this lock works on this door. And it was it was literally just like try wiggling oh. it and pushing it up. <laughs> it sounds so easy, but I I genuinely think that I might have died that night. <laughs> might have been. I, we might not have ever. Possible. Nobody. There'd be no statistics in Overwatch. <laughs> is basically what we're saying. So, yeah. but but for real, uh, your impact in competitive Overwatch has been insane. It would be a travesty if we don't remember you as such and uh thank you for all the hard work that you do and thanks for coming on the show yeah, by the way before i know we don't normally go that long but if people talk we stay on the air so uh before we get out of here though where can people find you any shout outs all that good stuff broy uh give oh. us the good stuff well you can you can find me on twitter uh twitter.com slash gg there's all my tweets about pandas. Half of them are getting retweeted by the Tango Hunters because I tweet about pandas. <laughs> good, uh, good old Reagan. Yep. Yeah. I know the, so <laughs> I know the social media manager for Tango. And in yeah. theory, you can also follow Instacep on Twitter. I still control the Twitter account. I mean, it's still mine. So uh, just follow just follow me everywhere. And then follow Joe and Jessica, obviously, because... And obviously, kick Twipod as well. Uh, yeah, because yeah. yeah, John, John, Joe, and Tiska are great. So, Is voting still open for the World Cup? Uh, oh yeah, actually we didn't talk about that. I I'm running for for a head coach. Vote kick tripod. <laughs> oh, and vote Baroy as well. Yeah. So okay. voting is closed, think, by the way. Voting is oh, closed, but it opens. Oh, I think the second round opens at May 30. If you make the second round, I don't know how it works to be honest. But just mm. vote me and vote tripod if you are in America or in Germany. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm sad we can't vote for Yiska. Yeah, Yiska. I mean, listen, I would vote for Nuki over you for GM this year, but next year after Nuki is, you know, GMing in Overwatch League and can't dedicate the time, 
Next year, it's you, my friend. If Nuki makes it to Overwatch League, I might have to consider that. Ooh. As a tribute. For Nuki, it's not if, there. it's when. Otherwise, yeah. the whole system is rigged. Has to be. Yes. Right? It has, it has to be. So, hopefully, hopefully we see Nuki in Overwatch League next year so that we can vote for Yiska next year for something. <laughs> we just want to vote for Yiska for something. I don't even care what it is anymore. Let's just vote. I could have voted for me, you know, giving me a one-up in this PvP. No? Not standing by Let's your not word, go that you? far. Let's go for less important votes, like Overwatch <laughs> World Cup. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, Yiska, what about you, man? Shoutouts for the week. Where can people find oh. you? Um, as soon as I sober up, I suppose I'm going to have a fun topic about Overwatch League structure soon. That is over on Overture. Um, definitely on Tuesday, I th think. Can we do Tuesday th this week? Next week? Yeah. As sort of like a prep. And then definitely don't be shy to approach me on Friday if you're at the Energy Showdown to say hi. I'll be there and just hang Less out. Drunk. Less I don't know. Actually, dude, once, I'm, dude, once I'm at events, dude, I'm gone. I'm just gone. <laughs> So maybe yeah. Yiska's different, but I know I would be. Cool. Uh, and where can people find you, Yiska? Um, at my Twitter. I think it's the best thing to aggregate content, and that's at Yiska out. And that's basically everywhere. So Yiska out everywhere. All right, Joe, shout outs. Where can people find you? Let's go. Um, in about uh, 15 minutes, I'm going to be crawling in that uh, comfy old bed behind me because I haven't slept. Um, you can find me at Volamel on most social media platforms except Instagram because screw that noise. Um, and yeah, just kind of read up on uh, some topics. Definitely tune in to Atlantic Showdown. Uh, get hyped for Gauntlet. Um, and yeah, changes are coming. Be excited for Overwatch, guys. Woo! All right. As for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod. Um, voting's closed. You'll notice we talked about it one week, and then I kind of just stepped away from it. If I make it, awesome. If I don't, whatever. I got Baroy's vote or vote of confidence. And that's all that matters to me. And um, yeah, so find me everywhere at Kick Tripod. Uh, starting to stream. I, I know I've been playing, or I haven't started. I stream pretty consistently, but uh, I've been playing some. World of Warcraft with my wife, who now has her own streaming little setup, and it's cool. It's kind of a cool little area. So she's been streaming World of Warcraft. We've been playing together. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, so make sure to tune in, follow twitch.tv slash kicktripod, twitter.com slash kicktripod, youtube.com slash kicktripod, literally kicktripod everywhere. Just everywhere wow. is kicktripod. I did, surprisingly, Dude. nobody picked kicktripod. I, I think I will create like a small page on Winston's lab. Winston's lab.com slash kick tripod. Mm. Let's do it. We, have, no we need one, forever. right? So for the longest time, believe it or not, one of the biggest like boosts to uh, Overwatch League dailies um, like viewership was because it was on the front page of Winston's lab for it might still be. It might still is. It might it still yeah. is. I just looked it up. I, I was wondering if the RSS fee is actually set up for Tactical Crouch. It isn't. Yeah, Aww. so uh, Overwatch League Daily, I, I just morphed. I just like transitioned it from Overwatch League Daily to Tactical Crouch. But uh, yeah, it's still on there. So uh, Oh, no, it is. It is. 
Yeah. It's actually okay. Yeah, it's still <laughs> there. I think it probably nice. says Overwatch League Daily on it still, but it's Tactical Crouch. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, thank you guys so much. I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have nothing else to do in the world. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Twitch chat, you guys have been amazing. We'll make sure to come back. Thanks, subs, donos, and follows after the show. But before we do, uh, as always, make sure to follow us everywhere at tactical underscore crouch. Tweet us your questions and topics you like to have discussed on the show. And uh, the show records live. We're going to be back on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Watch, listen anywhere where podcasts can be heard as well as YouTube. We'll be back with episode 36 of Tactical Crouch. I need to move all this stuff all at the same time. And here we go. We'll be back after the music. Bye.